Hello, everyone, and welcome to Honestly Booked. I'm your host, Ariel, on Instagram under at Are You Ready to Read with four eyes. And I'm your host, Rachel, on Instagram under at Paperbacks and Sketchbooks. This is a conversational podcast devoted to books, all thing books with no genre discrimination. We hope with this podcast, we will expand your TBR. To get updates on our show, you can follow us on Instagram at Honestly Booked and like us on Facebook. You can also follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to help us get our podcast out there. Hello, fellow book lovers and Ariel. Today we are going to be discussing our library stacks and what we have stashed in our Kindle purgatories. You well know that Ariel and I frequent our libraries. Sometimes we browse, sometimes we don't, but it seems that browsing the library has become a new habit of mine. We're always going there, always checking out books, seeing what's on the new shelf, and it's just fun. So I love the library and I also love my Kindle, which is why I have so many books just sitting there unread. I don't know about you, Ariel, but it's crazy how many books I have sitting in my Kindle purgatory. I usually have a lot, but recently I don't. I've been doing pretty good. I've been catching up. I've been, you know, reading. So no, I don't have that many this time, but I do have a lot. <laughs> let's, not, <laughs> let's be real. I don't have like one or two. I have a lot, but it's not what compared to what I usually do. Let's keep it that way because, you know, when the Kindles pile up, we get overwhelmed. So, <laughs> but I guess I'll just jump right into it. What was your latest read? Rachel, my latest read was actually a book that I talked about, I believe, last episode, and it's called The Quiet Tenant by Michelin Clements. I'm totally butchering that. So this book, I ended up rounding it out at about three stars. I was a little bit hesitant with the three stars because like it was stuck between a two and a four. <laughs> so I guess that's perfect, the three. I wanted to love this book so much more than I did. And it had so much premise. It's just like, I feel like it could have, and I usually don't say this, but I feel like it could have used another like 50 to 100 pages at the end because everything kind of felt rushed towards the end. There was no like closure. Okay. Yeah, it was just, I don't know, it was interesting. But it wasn't bad because when I was reading the whole book, I read it in two days, which as you know, that's surprising for me. It didn't have the quickest of writing because it was, you know, a little descriptive, but not over the top. Um, there was nothing really happening. It kind of was slow build. The ending just was, I don't know, there's something about it that didn't feel close to me. So this book, you have Aiden Thomas, who's like the love of his small town, right? He does all kinds of, he helps people, everything, you know, he's just absolutely praised. His wife just died of cancer and he has a daughter, a teenage daughter. He has this dark secret that he's been keeping from everyone, even his daughter. He's a kidnapper and a serial killer. And he's murdered eight women. And the ninth woman is Rachel, who's imprisoned in his backyard shed, fearing for her life. Well, all of a sudden, when Aiden's wife died, him and his 13-year-old daughter are forced to move because her parents, it's um, his wife's house, and her parents don't like him. So they move. And when they do, he has to bring Rachel along. So he introduces her to Cecilia as like a family friend who needs a place to stay. So, you know, he's betting that like after the five years of captivity and being too brainwashed, she's too fearful to escape. But the whole time throughout the book, it's told from three different points of view. There's Rachel, Cecilia, and Emily. Now, Cecilia and Emily's point of views, Emily, you get the most of. And Cecilia, that she's only in there a few times, both their points of views are in third person. Rachel's point of view, though, is in second person. So it's really weird how it's like this whole book. And I get the point of why she, the author, did that because it kind of makes you feel like 
you're the one living like you're the one that's kidnapped and it's like you're trying to you know get out and everything but something just missed with me and I'm not sure what it was lacking in and um, maybe it was like believability maybe it was like that their characters weren't fully developed there was a lot of plot holes in it I think maybe after another book or two of this author writing that it might get you know a little bit better yeah it was just missing something and it wasn't terrible. It just was missing something. It was like it was trying to be Room by Anna Dom- Emma Donahue, but it just like didn't quite get there. What was your latest read, Rachel? My latest read, surprisingly, was Five Stars. Always exciting to get a five-star read. And this was actually a romance and I gave it five stars. So my latest read was Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. And this has been all over Bookstagram and Usually, I'm pretty skeptical about how hyped books are. Like, they're either a hit or miss for me. But this one, oh my God, loved it so much. It has that fantasy element to it. And it's also a romance, but it doesn't have all the cheesiness that a romance typically does. Super happy with how this one was. This one is about two young rival journalists who find love through a magical connection and they must face the depths of hell in a war among gods to seal their fate forever. After centuries of sleep, the gods are warring again, but 18-year-old Iris Winnow just wants to hold her family together. Her mother is suffering from addiction and her brother is missing from the front lines. Her best bet is to win the columnist promotion at the Oak Gazette. To combat her worries, Iris writes letters to her brother and slips them beneath her wardrobe door, where they vanish into the hands of Roman Kit, her cold and handsome rival at the paper. When he anonymously writes Iris back, the two of them forge a connection that will follow Iris all the way to the front lines of battle for her brother, the fate of mankind, and love. So the synopsis kind of sounds like it's full of cheese, but I can promise you it is not. I was just going to say that. (laughs) It's actually such a beautifully written story. And I'm like, I loved Rebecca Ross's writing. Like I could feel the emotions of the characters. I could picture all of the settings. It was sophisticated yet witty. They had banter that wasn't super cringe. And these characters wrote such intricate, heartfelt letters to each other. And it was just so romantic. I guess the romantic in me was like, oh my gosh, I love this so much. It was just amazing. And this is actually the first of a duo. So the second one comes out December 26th of this year. And I'm very, very excited to see how Iris and Roman's story ends up because this book did end on a cliffhanger. That was Divine Rivals by Rebecca Ross. I love it. So you actually had suggested this to me saying that I might possibly like it. And what do you think why do you think I would like that? It sounds so cheesy from the synopsis. I can't get over it. I'm sorry. I know it sounds so cheesy, but I promise you it's not. Like when I went into it, I actually didn't even really know that it was a romance. I was reading the first few chapters and I was like, I really don't know what genre this book is because it seemed sort of like fantasy, but also it just kind of seemed sort of like contemporary fiction, just a basic fiction novel but then I started reading more and I was like oh my god is this supposed to be a romance so I had to look it up and that's when I saw someone's review saying it was an enemies to lovers romance and I was like this is totally not written like your average enemies to lovers romance it was just so much better than other ones that I've read so that's why I thought you would like it because it did read kind of more like a contemporary romance to me than 
just your basic cheese filled rom-com style book because this was not like that at all but I don't know maybe I just want you to read it because I gave it five stars and I loved it and I was so blown away but her writing Rebecca Ross's writing was really good and I think that's what I wanted you to see okay okay well I do love the cover have to say that you know oh it's beautiful beautiful cover and you know I might add it to my shelf I've added definitely way over 17 this month so I'm glad that that was a hit for you. That's awesome. I have another one of her books actually on my TBR. And it's funny because it's supposed to be a fantasy book. It was um, A River Enchanted, which was published last year. And it's, um, I believe it was a book of the month pick or something. I mean, I'm down. I, I definitely would give it a try. Like I said, it did sound really cheesy. But since you said, you know, don't listen to that and you like the writing, that's something that I absolutely love. Like you've heard me say before, like even if I hate the plot of a book, if the writing's good, I'll, you know, I'll like it. My current read is a book that has been suggested to me by quite a few people. One in particular, and and I was, I was finally bullied back. (laughs) One in particular is this guy books on Instagram. He bullied me into reading this book. It's called Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. Now I don't think I have read any other Liz Nugent's before. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't read any other Liz Nugent's before, but all of her books are on my shelf. So I started Strange Sally Diamond super, super late last night. I, you know, my baby's in her four month sleep regression. So she's like up, down, up, down, up, down. And when you're up for so long, when you're half asleep, you can't really go back to sleep. So I picked up a book and What I like about it so far is that it has really short chapters and it's like pretty fast paced. It's holding my attention. I don't know what to think about it yet. Like I said, this is Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. This has really high ratings on Goodreads and it has been around everywhere. Like I know you've seen it. I know it's like all over. Something that I've noticed that has been maybe the last few years it's been the thing or maybe I've just been increasingly aware of it, but um books where there's a neurodivergent main character. You know, we were, Rachel and I were just talking about this not too long ago. She's read a few books like that. You know, I've read a few books like that, like the Elephor, <laughs> like <laughs> Eleanor Oliphant, Cassandra in Reverse, uh, The Sweet Spot. Those are all books with uh, neurodivergent main characters. Now, in my opinion, if you're going to take a book and you're going to make a neurodivergent main character, I want you to touch on it more than just making them quirky, you know, because that's kind of for people that, you know, are neurodivergent. And I'm not sure how exactly yet. I haven't like diagnosed it or anything. And she hasn't been diagnosed in the book yet. She's just coming off as quirky right now. So I'm wondering, since I'm so fresh into the book, if she's if uh, Liz Nugent is going to touch on that more, you know, get more into the mental health aspect of it, or if it's just going to be kind of like a way to add to the story. So it can go one of two ways for me. Sally Diamond She just can't understand what she did that was so strange. She was only doing what her father told her to do, to put him out with the trash when he died. Now, Sally's the center of attention, not only from the hungry media and the worried police, but also a sinister voice from a past she has no memory of. As she begins to discover the horrors of her childhood, recluse Sally steps into the world for the first time, making new friends, finding independence, and learning that people don't always mean what they say. But when messages start arriving from a stranger who knows far more about her past than she knows about herself... Sally's life will be thrown into chaos once again. Now, like I said, I have, I like it so far. 
I just want to like see how, you know, Liz Nugent approaches mental health as a topic. I'm already seeing that something's going to happen. You know, it's it's like I'm piecing together something slowly. This book seems like it's going to have deepness, but also humor, which sometimes works for me, sometimes doesn't. But we'll see how this goes. You know, I've been, there's a, definitely a couple of scenes so far that I've read and I've been like, oh my goodness, who does that? You know, especially the first scene, <laughs> like she, her dad was like, oh, throw me away with the trash. And he died. And then the, that day she's like, okay. And so she bags him up, throws him away with the trash. Like, oh my you can, God. <laughs> incinerates him and everything. Like you can't just do that. Stop. You know what I mean? So, and this happens literally the first page. And then she's trying to figure out like what, what it, why are the cops here? Like what's going on? Like I literally did what my dad said. It's from her point of view so far. I, I heard that there's another point of view that will be coming in, but right now it's her point of view. So that was Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. And I know you just picked this up from the library and you're planning on reading it soon too. So I'm excited to finish it and see. I already think you like it so far. I'm excited to talk about this and we're done. What book are you currently reading? I am also currently reading a pretty quirky book too. It is called Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood. It has a 3.4 star rating on Goodreads, so a little less than ideal. You know, it it makes me a little skeptical, but, you know, I'm going to go with it because so far I'm enjoying it. It is about Grace Adams who gave birth, blinked, and now suddenly she is 45, paramenopausal, and stalled. The unhappiest age you can be, according to The Guardian. Why did that just like hit with me, that first sentence? (laughs) (laughs) She gave birth, blinked, and I'm like, oh my God, I gave birth, blinked, and I feel like she's already almost half a year. Oh my goodness. Okay, sorry. Keep going. And today, she's really losing it. Stuck in traffic, she finally has had enough. To the astonishment of everyone, Grace gets out of her car and simply walks away. So that's like the first scene that happens in the book. And when I read that, I was like, she's just going to leave her car in the middle of traffic. Like, okay, you go girl. I guess you got places to be and you can't wait for traffic to clear up. It was actually pretty funny. So Grace sets off across London armed with a 200 pound, the English currency, my friends, 200 pound cake to win back her estranged teenage daughter on her 16th birthday. Because today is the day she'll remind her daughter that no matter how far we fall, we can always get back up again. Because Grace Adams used to be amazing. Her husband thought so, her daughter thought so, even Grace thought so. But everyone seems to have forgotten. Grace is about to remind them, and most importantly, remind herself. And the cover of this book is actually like, pretty funny as well it's a picture of grace adams and she's giving the finger to whoever picks up the book so i'm enjoying it so far this is actually fran littlewood's debut novel and it's a little bit on the shorter side it's only 272 pages it is very quirky like very very quirky it has three different timelines which can be kind of difficult to wrap your head around if you're not used to reading at least a dual timeline book. So it can get confusing in that sense. There are also two points of view, I believe, for now. That's all I've gotten to. So I'm hoping it doesn't get too confusing with three timelines and 
two points of view. But I have read some reviews on Goodreads that say that this book gets very outlandish towards the end. So we will see. We will see. I'm just hoping that I like it enough to finish. That was Amazing Grace Adams by Fran Littlewood. So we're both reading pretty quirky books, huh? I was just going to say that. That's hilarious. We always somehow like mesh together. (laughs) I know, right? Like, how is that? (laughs) I don't know. So I'm currently reading this book. I have, you know, a couple more books left in my library stack today that you guys will see. My next read is called The Family Next Door by Sally Hepworth. Now, if you recognize that name, that is an author of two five-star reads and a 10-star read for me. And this is one of her backlist books. This was uh, published in 2018. And it is a, it says it's a fiction mystery thriller contemporary chiclet. (laughs) So, and that it's good for fans of Leanne Moriarty and Amanda Prowse. And those are, you know, great authors. Also, by the way, if it has anything to do with neighborhoods, um, hello, you know me. The small suburb of Pleasant Court lives up to its name. It's the kind of place where everyone knows their neighbors and the children play in the street. Isabel Hetherington doesn't fit into this picture of family paradise. Husbandless and childless, she soon catches the attention of three pleasant court mothers. But Ange, Fran, and Essie have their own secrets to hide, like the reason behind Ange's compulsion to control every aspect of her life, or why Fran won't let her sweet, gentle husband near her new baby, or why three years ago, Essie took her daughter to the park and returned home without her. As their obsession with their new neighbor grows, the secrets of these three women begin to spread. And they'll soon find out that when you look at something too closely, you might see things you never wanted to see. So this looks like a neighborhood drama secrets, like uh, just, uh, just something that I'm just so looking forward to. That was The Family Next Door by Sally Hepworth. What's your next read, Rachel? My next read is Small Admissions by Amy Popel. Oh, you're one of your favorite authors. Yes, Amy Popel. I am slowly reading through her backlist. I just love her writing. So I, I need to read all of her books. And I think this is the second to last book of hers that I have to read. So I'm going to be very upset when the day comes where I'm just waiting for her to write another book. So on Goodreads, it has a 3.6 star rating which I'm finding to be pretty consistent with Amy Popel's book ratings on Goodreads because she does have that quirky writing style like we were just talking about. But I love it. I think it works for her. When ambitious grad student Kate Pearson's handsome French almost fiance ditches her, she definitely does not roll with the punches despite the best efforts of family and friends. It seems that nothing will get Kate out of pajamas and back into the world. Miraculously though, One cringeworthy job interview leads to a position in the admissions department at the revered Hudson Day School. Kate's instantly thrown into a highly competitive and occasionally absurd culture where she interviews all types of children. Suitable, wildly unsuitable, charming, loathsome, all that kind of stuff. And then there are the Park Avenue parents who refuse to take no for an answer. So sounds like a bunch of little spoiled brats to me. As Kate begins to learn there's no room for self-pity or nonsense during the height of admission season, her sister and friends find themselves keeping secrets, dropping bombshells, and arguing with each other about how to keep Kate on her feet. Meanwhile, Kate seems to be doing very nicely, thank you very much, and even beginning to find out that her broken heart is very much on the bend. It sounds like your typical Amy Popel book, and I'm very, very, very excited to see how it is. And that is Small Admissions by Amy Popel. All right, everyone. So our next segment is, well, was formerly called the Random 
topic wheel, but we decided that we're going to now call this segment the unplanned subject twirly whirly. <laughs> it makes me giggle every time. <laughs> yes, it's so funny every time, yet I've only said it like five times. <laughs> Let me go ahead and spin the wheel. Dun, 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 dun. We need like Jeopardy music or something. Right. Okay. Our first random topic wheel well i guess unplanned our, our first <laughs> unplanned subject twirly whirly our first unplanned subject twirly whirly is none of this is true by lisa jewel okay this was a book that um okay i actually have to go back and look at my uh, <laughs> review i do remember that we had i believe very different opinions on this book yes so this book we actually read because I believe it was a book club pick for our little our little virtual book club a while ago. And this book was, it was okay in my opinion. It started off slow for me, but then it picked up, but then the ending, oh my God, the ending. If you know, you know, I hated the ending. I ended up giving it four stars. I mean, I didn't completely hate it. Specifically... In my review, I said that I liked that the story was told through multiple points of view, and I liked that we got that podumentary transcript, which in the book, a podumentary is a podcast turned into a documentary. I thought that was a little bit of an odd term, but you know, whatever. We're just going to go with it. I, you know, I thought it was interesting. I liked how the story was told. I wanted to keep reading. It was kind of confusing, but then everything kind of clears up. It wasn't anything mind-blowing, though. But I could still see why everyone online and on Bookstagram and everywhere was giving it five stars. Like, I definitely saw the appeal. It just wasn't a five-star read for me. Because the ending, I don't want to even say anything about the ending because it can be a spoiler. But I just was not a fan. I pretty much agree with most of what you just said, um, other than the ending part. But we've definitely made that clear that that is one trope you and I disagree on. Yes. What I liked about this book was that it starts off giving you nothing. It starts off where you're like, where are we going with this? What is going on? And it leaves you with little breadcrumbs and slowly there's like a trail of what's going on. To be completely honest though, I did hate both of the main characters and they both had a lot of issues. I was very torn with this ending. Now I can't really say like, you know, exactly what it is because it is a trope and it'll kind of give it away. This one, where whereas usually it really works for me, I felt like this one kind of didn't. This one was, you know, one of those where it was felt like a little bit of cheap writing in a way yeah yeah you know like the other book that I'm you know what I'm talking about the other book that has the same ending like that that I felt like was done good anyways I can't get too much into it yeah. <laughs> but I feel like that one was done really good this one was kind of done whereas like I said I usually like this trope I was like Ugh. you know I kind of like was like eh, at the end yeah um I also did not like all the grooming and pedophilia talk in it yes that was it was too way too much yeah it was over the top i do see how it was essential to the story once i read the story i was entertained so i did end up giving this i believe three and a half stars but something that i did hate was the 16 months later part yes i felt like it was unnecessary but i mean it, i mean it's not unnecessary but i felt like it was unnecessary like i would have enjoyed the book more if it ended at a different spot i completely agree but yeah, no, it was definitely one of the, it's definitely a, a very highly rated read. It it was only released in um, July of this year and it's gotten almost 130,000 reviews and it's at a 4.2. Like it, 
like that's pretty good um lisa jewel is a very hot author you know she very she writes books that pretty much are highly rated moving on (laughs) we currently are welcome well first off i think this is like our first or second episode november welcome to november this episode is our library stacks and our kindle purgatory so the library stacks that we currently have out because you know rachel and i just have zero self-control we always have library books out so we're gonna read we're gonna read (laughs) we're gonna tell you which library books we have out why they caught our eye and if we're looking forward to reading them, what we got, you know, why we got them. I have quite a few books on my, that I've actually checked out. So a book that I recently just checked out was called You Are Here by Karen Lynn Greenberg. This was a browse book. Okay. That's what I'm going to say first, <laughs> first and foremost. This was a book that I picked up literally because of its cover. It is a gorgeous cover. It's got a pink background and a like lemon tree in Ooh. front of it. And it's just it's beautiful. So it was published in May of this year and it was on the new, or no, it was on like the express shelf or something. So it's about the inhabitants of a small town that have found their lives intersect at the shopping mall. Business is down, stores are closing, and in the mall, there's this group of characters that come to life. They're all flawed. They're real, lovable strangers who are in this book. So you have the only hairstylist at Sunshine Clips who secretly watches YouTube primers on how to draw and paint, just as her awkward young son studies new illusions for his magic act. His friend and assistant, a high school cashier in the food court, has attracted the unwanted attention of a strange boy at school. She tells no one except the mall chain's small bookstore manager, a failed academic living in the tiny house he built in his mother-in-law's backyard. His family is watched over by the judgmental old woman next door whose weekly trips to the sunshine clips hide a complicated and emotional history that will spark the moment when everything changes for them all. So this book, it looks like it's basically about this mall that everyone kind of um, intersects in and has like a story in and it looks like a very diverse group of characters. It looks like it's going to be a really good book. It's got like kind of those like neighborhood drama vibes that I love. So that was um, definitely why I picked up this one. And that was You Are Here by Karen Lynn Greenberg. That sounds interesting. It does, huh? I'm so excited. It's not going to be read for a while, (laughs) (laughs) but it's definitely on my shelf. What about you? What do you have checked out? I also have a couple of browse books on my shelf this time around. And One of those is Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. Everyone's been telling me to read this book. I think people have been telling me to read this book for years. So I found it on the shelf as I was browsing the stacks. It just popped out at me and I was like, okay, I guess I'll check you out. So I got it and I'm actually very excited. It actually won a Goodreads Choice Award in 2012 for Best Mystery and Thriller. Sounds very interesting. If you're not familiar with Gone Girl. The synopsis for this one is, who are you? What have we done to each other? These are the questions that Nick Dunn finds himself asking on the morning of his fifth wedding anniversary when his wife Amy suddenly disappears and Nick is a suspect. And all these revelations come to light that Amy was afraid of Nick and she kept secrets from Nick. But he swears it's not true. What actually happened to Nick's wife? Sounds interesting. I love me a good mystery thriller. So we'll see if I like this one, if it deserves all the hype that it's gotten. It has a 4.1 star rating on Goodreads. So I have high hopes for it. I know right now, I'm just going to tell you, knowing you, you're not going to like this book. You see, I'm 
iffy on it because all the top reviews right now on Goodreads are like two and three stars. So I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's a book, one of those books that gets um, other books compared to it all the time. And I don't know why. Interesting. Like everyone's like, oh, this is the next Gone Girl or oh, this is, and I'm like, Ugh, that book sucked. Like <laughs> personally, I don't know though. You might, you might shock me and end up liking it, but I, I just have a feeling you're not going to like it. And there's one reason why. I guess I'll find out. My next book, this was not a browse book. This was actually a book that I had seen all around bookstagram i'm sure you've seen it as well and it is the trap by katherine ryan howard now it's like a foggy day with a car with headlights and like neon writing it looks cool i like it it's actually also a really tiny book which surprises me it's like 200 something pages and it's like just small (laughs) oh yeah i was weird so Catherine Ryan Howard and I have like a love-hate relationship. I've read a few of her books that I did like and I've read some that I didn't like. I am not 100% sure what's going to go on with this one, but I am looking forward to it because I have very, there's very um, mixed reviews on this book with my friends. The Trap is about one year ago, Lucy's sister Nikki left to meet her friends at a pub in Dublin and never came home. The third Irish woman to vanish inexplicably in as many years. The agony of not knowing what happened that night has turned Lucy's life into a waking nightmare. Angela works as a civilian paper pusher in the missing persons unit, but wants nothing more than to be a fully fledged member of the Angarda Siashana, the Irish police force. With the official investigation into the missing woman stalled, she begins pulling on a thread that could break the case wide open and destroy her chances of ever joining the force. A nameless man drives through the night, his latest victim in his back seat. He's going to tell her everything from the beginning, and soon she'll realize what you don't know can hurt you. It's told in the 90s in Ireland, which interesting setting and we'll see and i guess it's like one woman risking everything to catch the killer this is the trap by katherine ryan howard hopefully it's good yeah i hope so too i did i did you know she wrote the book 56 days which was all about that like covid love story thing it was so weird yeah (laughs) but she also wrote the i think that was like the nothing man which is like a highly rated um book i have runtime by her and um her older books on my tbr still i have a another browse book on my shelf and this is the forest of vanishing stars by Kristen harmel and i had to grab whatever Kristen harmel book that my library had available because i loved her book the paris daughter which i read maybe a month or two ago so i picked up this one and it sounded really good this is supposed to be an evocative coming of age world war ii story about a young woman who uses her knowledge of the wilderness to help Jewish refugees escape the Nazis until a secret from her past threatens everything. And this is also billed as being a heart-wrenching and suspenseful novel. Obviously, it's historical fiction, but I've been loving historical fiction. We all know that by now I sound like a broken record. But I'm very excited to read this one. Hey, historical fiction is great. I'm loving it. And I've decided that I want to read through all of Kristen Harmel's backlist. So that's what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yay. I love backlist reading. So speaking of heart-wrenching books, my next book is written by an author of one of my favorite books of all time. And that was Honor by Thridi Umregar, my favorite book, by the way. So when I saw she had a new release in September of this year, I was like immediately through it on my library holds and it just came in the other day and I'm super excited to get to this. So it's called The Museum of Failures and her covers, first off, let me just say whoever does her cover art, amazing. 
because I picked up her first book based off of the cover art, didn't know anything about it, didn't know anything about her, ended up being my favorite book of like all time. So that's pretty cool. So this book is called The Museum of Failures, and it is about Remy Wadia, who left India for the United States. He carried his resentment of his cold and inscrutable mother with him, and he kept his distance from her. Years later, he returns to Bombay, planning to adopt a baby from a young pregnant girl and to see his elderly mother again before it's too late. She's in the hospital, has stopped talking, and seems to have given up on life. Stuck with guilt for not realizing just how ill she's become, Remy devotes himself to helping her recover and return home. But one day in her apartment, he comes upon an old photograph that demands explanation. As shocking family secrets surface, Remy finds himself reevaluating his entire childhood and his relationship to his parents, just as he is on the cusp of becoming a parent himself. Can Remy learn to forgive others for their human frailties, or is he too wedded to his sorrow and anger over his parents' long-ago decisions? I don't know what it is about this, but just hits all of my little (laughs) things that I like about reading. It has such high reviews right now. Like I said, this is one of my favorite authors. I've read many of her books. I just love the way she writes. I love the settings. She's just, she's an amazing author, in my opinion. That was The Museum of Failures by Thridi Umragar. So the, actually the last book that I have checked out from the library, I don't have many this time around, is Dead Man's Wake by Paul Doyren. This was also a browse book. I took it off of the new arrivals shelf at the library. I'm actually pretty excited to get to this one. It is about Maine game warden investigator Mike Bowditch. And on the evening of an engagement party for him and Stacey Stevens, they witness what seems to be a hit and run speedboat crash on a darkened lake. And when they arrive at the scene, their spotlight reveals a gruesome sight, a severed arm beneath the surface. So the warden dive team recovers not one, but two bodies, the dismembered man and the married woman with whom he was having an affair. Sounds intriguing. I'm excited to try it. I've never read anything like this before. Obviously, it is a mystery thriller. I've read mysteries and thrillers, but this one just seems different. So I'm excited to pick it up. Onto our neck galley shelf. <laughs> so, how many books do you actually have currently on your neck galley shelf? I have four neck galleys sitting on my neck galley shelf. Okay, see, I only have five, so we're pretty close. Um, I actually have six, but one of them I just need to submit the review. <laughs> I have out of those five, three of them, the pub day has already passed. Oops. Oopsies. (laughs) So one of the pub dates that has already passed, it's actually the oldest one on here, is The Trade-Off by Sandy Jones. Now, Sandy Jones also wrote a couple books that I have read before, The Other Woman, which I rated one star, and The First Mistake, which I rated four stars. So this book is going to either be good or bad, in my opinion, based off of her history, with me at least. So The Trade-Off off has a a very interesting cover as well and it has not that many reviews on goodreads and it's a 3.28 so this is a novel of suspense that is begging would you tell a story if you knew it was a lie or tell the truth and sleep at night stella deputy editor of the globe the choice has always been clear it doesn't matter how low she has to stoop getting the best story is what she's built her reputation on For Jess, the Globe's rookie reporter, the story stops when the truth does, but she knows that the dirty tricks of the tabloids will be hard to overturn. When a celebrity is hounded by the Globe and pays the ultimate price, Jess wonders just how much Stella and the paper are responsible. Determined to show the world what the tabloid is capable of, Jess will 
will do whatever it takes to uncover the truth, but she needs to watch her back because someone else is prepared to kill to bury it. So this sounds like it's got like that paparazzi angle. You know, it, it sounds really good to me. And this published, this published in August. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, my bad. This book looks really good. And like I said, it's going to either be a good one or a bad one because I have one stars and five stars from her. So yeah. I have The Night of the Storm by Nishida Parikh on my neck alley shelf. And I'm kind of weary of this one now because it has a 3.3 star rating on Goodreads out of 141 ratings. It comes out on January 16th of 2024. So I still have some time to get to it. So this is actually from a debut author. So Nishida Parikh, this is her first novel. And it's supposed to be a fresh take on the classic locked room thriller about a multi-generational Indian American family marooned in a house with a murderer during Hurricane Harvey. Kind of interesting that it takes place during Hurricane Harvey, which hit Houston. We'll see how this actually plays out, if it's actually good, because it has some very mixed reviews. That's The Night of the Storm by Nishida Parikh. That sounds good. My next book that has a pub date in November, so it's coming up very, very soon, is called After Dark by Mika Ken. Now, with only 100-something ratings on Goodreads, it still is sticking at that four-star rating. Mika Kent's books, I've loved them in the past. You know, they're, they're four-star reads to me. Um, I believe I might have read like a five-star from her, but they're really good. She's like a little bit deeper than a popcorn thriller, in my opinion. Afton Teachout has been an outcast in her small town for 20 years, ever since she was accused of murdering her mother's lover in a blackout fit of rage. That is, if one believes those malicious lies. Living with her grandmother, working in a hotel night shift, and relying on pills to get a day's sleep, Afton is due a little luck. It comes in the form of unexpected financial windfall. With her newfound wealth, Afton sets a secret plan in motion to help her only friend Sydney flee a toxic husband. But those intentions soon spin out of control. Afton starts getting unsettling calls from a restricted number, someone's been lingering outside her home, and as Sydney's troubled marriage comes into focus, so does Afton's past. Her second chance for herself and for Sydney is not what she dreamed of. In fact, it's kind of becoming a nightmare. This book looks so good to me, in my opinion. Like, it's got so many little things that I like about, and it's a lot of people have said that they're, it's a fast read and that it's very twisty. So, I am looking forward to that. And that is After Dark by Minka Kent. I've read one Minka Kent book. The Silent Woman, and I liked it, so I'd be open to trying more of her stuff. One of these days, I'm going to read through her backlist for sure. Oh, yeah. Another book that I have sitting on my neck alley shelf is Rabbit Hole by Kate Brody. This is also a debut. I seem to find all the debuts on NetGalley. And it has a 3.76 star rating on Goodreads, so it's not horrible. It already has 117 ratings. And it is supposed to be published on January 2nd of 2024. This one is about conspiracy theories from Reddit that seduce a disaster-prone woman into an obsession with solving her sister's cold case disappearance. Ooh, sounds like it's going to have a spin on social media and how that can affect things. So this is supposed to be a biting critique of the internet's voyeuristic entitlement. It is an outrageous and heart-wrenching character study of a mind twisted by grief and a page-turning mystery that's as addictive as a late-night Reddit binge. Okay, that actually sounds kind of intriguing. So I'm looking forward to this one. It has mostly four-star 
ratings on Goodreads so far. So I am, I'm hopeful that this is going to be pretty good. And that was Rabbit Hole by Kate Brody. My next Net Galley read is No One Can Know by Kate Alice Marshall. And if you recognize that name, she was the author of What Lies in the Woods. I think uh, Rachel, she didn't, you didn't like that book. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. It's on my shelf. Yeah, no, I was not a fan of What Lies in the Woods. I gave it three stars. It was kind of middle of the road for me. Okay, so we'll see. I will definitely let you know if um, I like this one. This one comes out in January of 2024. Wow, I can't believe it's already 2024. And it's a novel about three sisters, two murders, and way too many secrets to count. Now, that's really all I need to know. But basically, Emma hasn't told her husband much about her past. He knows her parents are dead, and she hasn't spoken to her sisters in years. Then they lose their apartment. Her husband gets laid off, and Emma discovers she's pregnant. That's when Emma confesses that she has one more asset her parents' house, which she owns jointly with her estranged sisters. They can't sell it, but they can live in it. But returning home means that Emma is forced to reveal her secrets to her husband, that the house is not a rundown farmhouse, but a mansion, and that her parents died there. Were murdered, I mean. And that some people say that Emma did it. (laughs) Emma and her sisters have never spoken about what really happened that night. Now, her return to the house may lure her sisters back, but it will also crack open family and small town secrets that lots of people don't want to be revealed. As Emma struggles to reconnect with her old family and hold together her new one, she begins to realize that the things they left unspoken all these years put them in danger again. I'm sorry, but this one sounds so good. (laughs) Like it's got those family secrets, estranged sisters, all kinds of stuff. And I am super looking forward to it. And it's funny because I knew without even like thinking twice that it was the same author because her (laughs) cover looks exactly like the other cover, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. A lot of authors do that. They have similar covers. I like that, though. I like that they have it's like kind of like their brand. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. So this one publishes in January. That's No One Can Know by Kate Alice Marshall. And I'm looking forward to it. I will let you know. Well, maybe it'll be better than What Lies in the Woods, because I believe What Lies in the Woods was her first adult novel correct the other ones that she has published because she has quite a few books they are all young adult yes so hopefully that one is good what's your last net galley my last net galley that i have sitting on my shelf you know i feel kind of stupid because it is third in a series and i didn't know that it was third in the series when i got it off a of net galley because net galley doesn't like to tell you when things are part of a series i don't know why but i feel like they should because they're not going to get a good review from somebody who reads a book in the middle of the series without knowing what's going on in the rest of the series. Anyways, I have some time to read the first two books in this series, though, because this one is not published until March of 2024. And this is Still See You Everywhere by Lisa Gardner. And it is part of her Frankie Elkin series. This one is about Frankie Elkin, obviously. And she is an expert of finding the missing persons that the rest of the world has forgotten. But even she couldn't have anticipated this latest request, which is to locate the long-lost sister of a female serial killer facing execution in three weeks' time. That kind of makes me want to read the first two books just so I can read this one. So I will... I will have to do that. I should have time. This one doesn't come out until March of next year, so I have I have some months. It doesn't look like the books are... I mean, they're 400 pages, which isn't that long. I can read a 400-page book in like two or three days. I got time. That was Still See You Everywhere by Lisa Gardner, but beware that it is third in a series. You said Lisa Gardner? Yes, Lisa Gardner. I 
love Lisa Gardner books. I have, um, she has uh, a few series out, I believe. I've read a lot of her books. I've read her Frankie Elkin. Was that the Frankie Elkin one? Yeah, this is the newest one. Shut the hell up. <laughs> it's on Neck Alley. Yeah, I found it on Neck Alley. You do need to read, you need to read the first two to. Okay. Yeah. And you better get on Neck Alley and request it. <laughs> So we have some pretty good books sitting on our neck alley shelves, actually. I'm excited to get to mine, but I know that Ariel and I also like to get books for our Kindles, and then we never read the books on our Kindles. Correct. And I am a culprit of having lots and lots of Kindle Unlimited books sitting in my Kindle purgatory. I don't know about you, Ariel, but I have 10 Kindle Unlimited books currently. Um, I only have three. <laughs> well, lucky you. And they're not even Kindle Unlimited. My three books are actually from Amazon Prime First Reads that I need to catch up on. Okay, okay. So my first book, like I said, these are all from Amazon Prime First Reads. My first book was Salt House Place, which is, I believe, was a September. It was either September or August because it was published in September, but I think they're always a month ahead. So I believe it was an August Amazon Prime first read, Salt House Place by Jamie Lee Sohn. And this is her debut. So this is a twisty thriller about the allure of the past and the danger of the truth as a woman dives headlong into a cult in desperate search of answers. In the far reaches of the Pacific Northwest, three best friends spend the day at the lake, but only two of them come home. Ten years later, Delia Albio is tormented by the mystery of what happened to 15-year-old Z on the lake that day. When she receives an email from Kara, the remaining friend in the trio, she can't resist the pull of the life-changing news in the message. Delia, hopeful for answers, travels home to see her old friend, but Kara is gone by the time she gets there, setting off another mystery. When Delia hears about the women's empowerment group that Kara joined, she sets out for the group's retreat property on the Oregon coast to find her. Delia feels like this could be her chance to reconnect with Kara and reckon with the fateful day at the lake. Instead, Delia uncovers a possessive group with a very dark agenda. As their leadership closes in, Delia hurdles ever closer to the truth. If only she can survive a cult that will protect its secrets at any cost. I'm not a cult fan, okay? I don't like reading books about cults, but I heard from quite a few people that this book was uh, really good. I've also heard that it's really bad. So I have a few, I have two friends, one that rated it four and a half stars and one that rated it one. And I like both of them. So we'll see which one I relate to more, but um, I don't like cults. So I'm going to go into it with that. Like, you know, ugh, here we yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my first Amazon Prime First Reads from August. What about you? One of the Kindle Unlimited books that I have sitting in my library is The Life She Wanted by Anita Abriel. This was actually a first reads a few months ago. I can't remember exactly when. I think maybe July. It sounds really good. It is a historical fiction, obviously. And, you know, I never really come across any intriguing historical fictions on Kindle Unlimited, but this one sounded really interesting. It takes place in New York in the 1920s, a decade that I am slowly becoming more familiar with. It is a time when fortunes are made and a woman's dreams are challenged against all odds. So you have 1926 in Hyde Park, New York, Born to modest means but befriended by the wealthy, aspiring dress designer Pandora Carmichael has been surrounded by privilege yet never at home in it. That hasn't stopped her from dreaming of a romance in a rarefied world that could also give her the status and resources to start a business of her own. When she's introduced to a charismatic Princeton student, Pandora's future begins to fall into place. 
So from sprawling Gilded Age mansions in New York to the seedy underbelly of Greenwich Village and the stunning ocean vistas of the French Riviera, Pandora's Escape is a journey of self-discovery, adventure, true love, and ambitions. I'm excited to read this one. It is pretty short. The Kindle edition is 287 pages, so I'm interested to see how they can put a full story like this that seems to be like a sweeping novel of adventure and love and all that into 287 pages. So we will find out, but that is The Life She Wanted by Anita April. Beautiful. Also that cover, gorgeous. I know, right? My next book that was the September Amazon Prime First Reads is called City People by Elizabeth Topp. This is a searing novel about a band of mothers who are forced to reckon with themselves after the unexpected loss of one of their own. When beautiful and successful Susan Harris jumps from the roof of her apartment building, she sets a tremor through her New York City mothers group that forces them all to look at one another with cynicism. How could this have happened right under their noses to one of them? Between her death and the harrowing private school admission season on the horizon, these women are forced to explore the hard truths about themselves. Vic, a single mom with literary aspirations, is shocked and confused by the death of her best friend. Bavana, a makeup executive, tries to process Susan's death while sacrificing everything to get her son into the school of his dreams. Kara's sister died by suicide years earlier, so she's been down this road before. Or so it seems. Penelope and Amy are navigating a business deal when Susan dies, but is it worth the toll on their families? And how will Chandis battling cancer come to terms with Susan's death? For these women, the loss of a fellow mother forces them to re-examine who they really are while the futures of their children hang in the balance. This, like, just everything about this book looks good to me. Not the biggest fan of New York City-based books, but hey, you know what? I think that the synopsis of this book sounds good enough that I grabbed it. (laughs) (laughs) That was City People by Elizabeth Topp. Another book sitting in my Kindle purgatory is Scarred by Emily McIntyre. And this is actually the second book of the Never After series that I talked about a while ago. I really enjoyed the first book, which was called Hooked. And this is a series of standalone dark romances that are based off of fairy tales, but these are not fairy tales. They are fractured fairy tales. They are stories where the villain gets the happy ending instead of the hero. So pretty interesting, but I love them. So Scarred is supposed to be a retelling of The Lion King. I am excited to dive into this. So it is about Prince Tristan Fossa, who was never designed for the throne. And that was always his brother, Michael the same brother responsible for both Tristan's tormented childhood and the scar that mars his face. When their father dies, Michael is set to assume the throne and Tristan is set to steal it. The leader of a secret rebellion, Tristan will stop at nothing to end his brother's reign. But when Michael's new betrothed, Lady Sarah Betrow, arrives, Tristan finds himself in the middle of a new kind of war, the kind that begs the question of what's more important, the crown or the woman to wear it. Ooh... I'm excited. I devoured the first book in this series, so I'm excited to see how a fractured fairy tale retelling of The Lion King goes. We'll find out. I'm not really good with um, finish, finishing series. Usually I'll start it and then I'll just, you know, not yeah. ever get to finish it. <laughs> but when I do actually finish a series, I feel so like 
I feel content when I'm like settling back in with the same characters, you know? So I hope you have that same feeling. Oh, I hope so. And this is a series of standalones too. So they don't have to be read in order. Oh, okay. Which is very nice. But you know, my brain, I'm going to read them in order anyway. (laughs) Of course. I am the exact same way. People, I love it when people are like, oh, you don't have to read this in order. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't. They're like, oh, you can read the fourth one. You don't have to read the first one. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to read the first one. (laughs) Speaking of series, my next book, which is at the Amazon Prime First Reads for this month, or I'm sorry, last month in October, is the first in a series, finally, thank goodness. (laughs) And that is Lights Out by Elise Hartkipness. This is a debut novel as well. Former Olympic athlete and current semi-disgraced sports reporter Kate Green isn't sure how much more tumultuous her life can get. Then NBA superstar Kurt Robbins is killed and the prime suspect in his murder is none other than his wife and Kate's best friend. Kate knows that Yvette's marriage wasn't exactly stable, but her friend is no murderer, and Kate is determined to prove it with her own investigation. While she tries to salvage Yvette's life, Kate's own life continues to unravel. Her career is in limbo, gossip columns speculate about her future, and her children are battling their own demons. And her estranged father suddenly re-enters her life as a detective assigned to Kurt's homicide case. As her worlds collide, exposing secrets, lies, and ulterior motives, Kate may have to choose between the games she can play and the ones she might lose. Now, I know this has sports in it, but it it seems like it might not be too sporty. But who knows? I really like the amateur detective part of it. So that's like the main reason why I picked this book. And if I do end up liking this, it is first in the series since this one just published the next one's not going to be out for a while but it is called dangerous play and it's expected sometime in 2024 so if i do like this you know at least i know hey there's one coming soon um and that was lights out by elise hart sounds interesting the well not the last book that i have in my kindle purgatory I have many books in my Kindle purgatory, but that would take a whole episode to talk about. So the last book that I would like to share with you that is sitting in my Kindle is The Cradle Will Fall by Mary Higgins Clark. I am a new fan of Mary Higgins Clark. I received one of her books as a gift and I loved it. Pretend you don't see her. That was the one. And I read it in a day. It was so so, so good. So obviously I had to look up and see what else she had. And I discovered that a ton of her books are available on Kindle Unlimited. So, you know, I found a gold mine there and now I'm going to read all of her books that are available on Kindle Unlimited. So this one, The Cradle Will Fall, is a hospital-based horror tale featuring abduction and a research project that violates every principle of modern medicine. That's all Goodreads has for the synopsis. So, you know, pretty ominous. The cover looks extremely ominous. It's just a teddy bear laying on the ground. So we will see. I, you know, it's Mary Higgins Clark, so I have high hopes for it. I bet it's going to be good, and I'm excited. All right. So those are our Nat Alley books, some of our Amazon Prime First Reads books, and our library loans that we have out. Obviously, not all of them, but those are the ones that we wanted to touch on today. Hopefully, at least some of those books, you know, you got some good uh, recommendations on there. I know definitely there was some of Rachel's that sounded good that I want to get. I'm sure she thought some of mine sounded good. And yeah, so I'm just like, this is a whole, I, I'm, t- I'm telling you, oh, it's a whole nother hobby just reading synopsises. And like, it really is. It really is. Like I could sit here all day and just read synopsises and feel like I read a book. I 
unfortunately enjoy doing that so much that I add them to my TBR. And that's why we are in the situation we're in currently with my 1300 book TBR. Um, and while we were recording this, I was on NetGalley scrolling and I'm pretty sure I requested like 10 books. Oh, no. So, <laughs> oh, no. Oopsies. Oh, I think like three of them were read nows. So, oops. Oh, well. Anyways, so... If you don't have NetGalley and you don't know what it is, NetGalley is where you can request advanced reader copies, depending on the publishers, if they decide to give it to you or not. A lot of the times I get denied. A lot of the times Rachel gets denied. But, you know, there are some times that we've gotten some books and we've been like, whoa, hell yeah. Yeah. So yeah. definitely if you, and it's for anyone, anyone can get NetGalley. So if you are interested in getting books ahead of time and being one of the first reviewers, definitely get on NetGalley.com make an account. It's real simple and you can browse and you know, Hey, you might get them, you might not, but it's part of the fun is, you know, getting them. And then what's it, it, it saves your books that you, I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but it saves all the books that you've requested in categories. So what I usually do is a couple, every other couple months I go in and I look and see if the books that I didn't get approved for. And I see if they're out in public now and I read them because they obviously looked good to me at one point. Oh yeah. NetGalley is awesome. It's addicting. It really is. And then, you know, we end up doing what Ariel just did and she requests like 10 books at once. And then, you know, you wait forever and ever and ever and NetGalley will give you a feedback score. So basically the ratio of um, how many books you requested to how many you actually read and reviewed. Yep. So you want to be careful and not request so many that you're overwhelmed and can't even read them all. <laughs> yeah, because then your score goes down in the publishers when they look at, you know, when they're like, oh, this person requests this book, they look at it and they're like, nope. Sometimes these publishers have like auto approvals with like certain, um, you have to have a certain amount or certain percentage or something or you'll get denied immediately. So um, yeah. But anyways, that was NetGalley. And then obviously you guys know about Kindles, which we can get Kindles stuff, books on our Kindles from pretty much anywhere. I get them from my library through Libby, through Overdrive, through Hoopla. And I also get books on my Kindle through Amazon and through, oh, and Amazon Prime First Reads. Yeah. So like you can pretty much read any book out there through your Kindle and through audiobooks. So, you know. Never say you can't find a book to read because there's always yes. something there. Yes. And if you can't find a book to read, message one of us and we will tell you what's good <laughs> in our opinion. <laughs> but anyways, I definitely have, am looking forward to reading some of these books. So I'm going to need to get off this and start reading the book I'm currently reading so I can get over that one and read my new ones. Me too. <laughs> and I need to get off NetGalley. <laughs> yes, you do. Get off your computer. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Anyways, well, Rachel, that was this was a really fun episode. Hopefully we get to some of these books soon. I know we won't, but hopefully we do. Yeah, right. I hope so. But anyways, as always, happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.